0: This morning, we get to come together again. We get to come together as a church. We get to come together as a people. Uh, we continue to, uh, to work our way, chip our way through this, uh, this incredibly deep, uh, incredibly uh, informative, uh, incredibly convicting book in, in the book of Romans. Now, uh, just, just go ahead, scan the room for a moment, look around, I give you that permission um, don't gawk. Okay, just just kind of to take a look. Now, we're different. We're 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 very different people. Okay, um, we come from different backgrounds. Uh, we have different heritage, right? Uh, we've had different kinds of experience, and yet in the most bizarre way. The most bizarre way imaginable, really, uh, uh, Scripture, God, is going to bring us together this morning. Uh, It's going to be in a bizarre sort of way. He's going to take all of our differences. uh, He's going to take all of our different experiences. He's going to take all of our different heritage. And He's going to throw it all in the same basket. Like, at the end of the morning, we're all going to be on a neutral field. Uh, at the end of the morning, we're all going to be living on the same side of the tracks. Are, are you tracking with me? We're all going to be on the same side of the ledger. We're all going to be in the same category. Uh, we're, we're all going to be in the same bucket. Are, are you ready for that? Because God is going to bring us together in a way that we probably wouldn't expect. Have you ever noticed that... Um, that in, in, in real life, like, we measure people up. Now, now, don't go silent on me. I know that this happens, right? Have, have you ever noticed how we measure people up? Like, maybe, maybe, like, if you're an athlete, right? Like, so I'm a runner, and uh, even, even in a local 5K, you know, like, I'm sizing people up, right? Like I'm looking over, like yeah, I can beat that guy. Oh, oh yeah, right. He's going down this time, all right. We we kind of measure people up, right? Uh, I mean, athletes do this regularly, but we, but we do it in, in, in virtually every other area of our life. Like like, uh, so I'm sitting down, I'm talking with Jolynn. I say, um, Jolynn, do moms do this, right? Do moms like size each other up? Do they like measure one another? And she, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. You're like, well, I, I, I bet, you know, like, like you see some mom doing something with some child somewhere, and you think, oh, what is her problem, right? Man, she needs to get a clue. She doesn't have an idea what she's doing with that kid, right? We, we kind of like measure each other up. Like guys, guys at work, right? Like we, we, we identify ourselves with our work, guys. This is something that we do. We identify ourselves with our work. Like a guy is talking to another guy uh, and, and, and we, the first question out of our mouth is like, well, what do you do? Right? And, and so we start sizing each other up, measuring one another Sometimes we try to measure each other by our economic status. Well, I get this and I have this house. We like to use our own measuring stick. Now, I love it when, uh, I love it when uh, the contemporary issue was, was not new. I love it when uh, the ancient audience looks like us. And quite frankly, in Romans, like this is exactly what's happening. There's two main groups of people in the ancient context, and, and, and they're Jews and Gentiles, and, and Paul is trying to bring them together. Now, you've got to understand, like, Jews and Gentiles just don't get along with one another, and yet they're being asked as a part of the church to come together. And so Paul says, okay, how, how am I going to get these two together? How am I going to get the connected and the unconnected together, Right? I mean, if you're a Jew, you're connected. You are like, uh, uh, you know, you have been born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I mean, you have everything. Uh, religiously, you have all of the heritage. You have all of the pedigree. If you're a Gentile, oh, for goodness sakes, uh, I, I mean, you're like the ugly stepchild that gets drugged along to events. And, and this, this is what is unfolding in the book of Romans, and there is this conflict between Jews and Gentiles, and how, how are we going to get this group together? Last week, we noticed that uh, the outsiders, those Gentiles that would have been uh, more than willing to say, uh, well, you know, to the Jews, uh, we probably get a pass. We probably get a pass because we're just ignorant. Remember, we're, we're the ugly stepchild. We weren't even born into this family. And since we weren't even born into this family, we get a free pass. God's going to let us go. And, and the message last week was just simply like, no, that's not going to happen. Ignorance is not bliss. Remember that? If you try and bury God, if you try and put Him in the grave, you're going to get buried. And you, ha- you have to understand, like, the Jews at this point are, like, cheering loudly. Right? They're going, ha, ah, I told you so. I knew it was going to happen. I mean, like, Paul at this point is, like, their favorite person in the world. Yeah, Paul. woo And so Paul clears his throat. Swallows hard. And he pulls the rug out from underneath them. And he rattles their cage a little bit. And he disrupts their celebration. You see, what he is going to say to the connected, what he's going to say to those who should be God's people, what he's going to say is, God is going to measure you. Oh, and by the way, God's going to measure you the same way He measures them. Are you ready for the measurement? Have you ever gone to the fair? We like going to the fair once in a while. It's not just for the food and the games and those kinds of things. We like to go to the fair for the rides. Anybody like fair rides? Okay, there's one. Okay, I'm preaching to an audience of one. So we like to take our, our kids to the rides and, and uh, you know, we, we likely will get them some tickets or one of those bands and they can go off and ride the rides. Now, um, almost every ride, you know what there is? There's a measure, Right? And the measure will say something like, you must be so-and-so inches tall in order to ride this ride. Everybody tracking with me? You know, this, you know this sign, right? Well, we take our oldest daughter. She loves to go, and she is like a daredevil. She's like, get me on the scariest, craziest, wildest, you know, I'm-not-going-to-puke kind of ride, right? Like, like, let me at it. Now, the problem, the problem is that oftentimes she doesn't meet the measure? Oftentimes she doesn't meet the measure. So we walk up to, and, and we're, and she is like, oh, I think I'm tall enough this time. I, I think I can meet the measure. And she'll walk up and 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 she's like, I, I think I can get it. Only for me to say. I' not sure you're tall enough, babe. You don't meet the measure. In Romans chapter two, Paul is going to say to the connected, He's going to say to the Jews, He's going to say to those who are God's people." And he says to Christians this morning, "God has a measure." Open up with me to Romans chapter 2 verse 1 if you want to reach for a pew bible in front of you you want to reach for a pew bible in front of you it's going to be page uh, 783 783 I'll give you a moment to turn there Romans chapter 2 verse 1 You, you might as well put your name there. Just go ahead, put your name right there at the beginning of verse. You, Mike, or whatever your name is, if your name happens to be Mike, good on you. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgments do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. There's the measure right there. Right in the opening couple of verses, he comes out and he talks and he says, Hey, those of you who are connected, uh, those of you who call yourselves God's people, Let me tell you the measure. Uh, Don't you look down on someone else. Don't you look uh, down on those outside because God's got a measure for you. And here it is. Are you ready? It's truth. When you walk up to the line on the last day, when, when God comes a final time, there is going to be a measure on the ride to heaven. And the question is, what is it? It's truth. So when you were a mere man so when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? You all know the answer, don't you? No. No, no, you won't. So we can't escape God's judgment. There is going to be a measure. The measure is called truth. God Himself is going to hold the standard of truth. So what's the criteria? Look down at verse 6. God will give to each person according to what He has done. Okay, all right. God's going to judge according to what I've done. Look at verse 7 and 8. To those who... By persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Okay, okay. There's a measuring stick. God's going to measure me. The criteria is, what have I done? Here's what Paul says. If I do only good, verse 7, if I do only good, if I seek glory, honor, and immortality, He will give eternal life. If I can do only good, then good will come. I will have eternal life. That sounds pretty good. But. But. For those who are ambitious for themselves, who reject the truth, who follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Do only good, and good will come. Do only bad, and bad will result. Good. Okay. I know, I know the measure. All I have to do now is do only good. That's all I have to do. Do only good, and God will give me eternal life. Sounds pretty good. What will disqualify me? What will disqualify me? What counts as doing something bad? Look now, uh, as Paul tells us the bad. uh, Look at verse 17. He says, now you... He's talking to those who, again, are connected to God. He's talking to those who are God's people. Now, Now you, if you call yourself a Jew... I think it would be fair to say if you call yourself a Christian, if you rely on the law and you brag about your relationship to God, if you know His will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convicted that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those in the dark place, an instructor to the foolish, a teacher of infants because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, now this could be christians couldn't it if you those of you who are god's people those of you who 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 uh, study the word and give it to others those of you who are convicted that that part of your life ought to be instructing others about how to live this life if that's you then this message is about you look at verse 21 you you who are connected you who understand you then Who teach others, do you teach yourself? Mr. Preacher, do you preach to yourself before you preach to others? Mr. Elder, do you eld yourself before you eld to others? Will you practice wisdom with your family before you try and practice wisdom with someone else's family? You who preach, again, about stealing, do you steal? You who uh, say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking it? let Let me ask this. Remember, the measure is God's truth. He's, gonna, he's going to judge us. It's an impartial, absolute, true judgment. He's gonna, we're going to walk up to the ride and He's going to say, yes, you met the measure, or no, you didn't. One of the ways we can meet the measure is just by doing good. Only good all the time. But what will disqualify us is if we do bad. So here's the question, Christian. How many times, how many times do you have to steal in order to be a thief? How many? Is it is it once? Is it twice? 10 times? Once. Once. One time. Uh, how many times? How many times? You, you tell me now, okay? You guys are getting into it. How many times does a husband have to throw a punch to his wife to be an abuser? How many? Once. One time. One time. How many times does a man need to cheat on his wife in order to be called an adulterer? One? Just one. Just one. How many times do I, I have to lie in order to be called a liar? Once. Just just, just one. Just one. Paul is saying to those who are most connected to God. If you have sinned, if you've known what's right and done wrong anyway, if you've rebelled against God in that moment, then you're a sinner. And the measuring rod for you reads like this Guilty. Guilty as charged. I want to go back to verse one just a moment with you. Are you ready for this? You, you, Mike, Mike, you have no excuse. You pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge, you have condemned yourself because you've uh, because you pass judgment and do the same things. This idea of having no excuse is this idea uh, that uh, that there's not going to be any CSI investigation for you that's going to free you. There's not going to be any mitigating circumstance. Uh, there's, there's not going to be any tie-up in the court system. There's not going to be a pardon. There's no excuse. And you're going to walk up the ramp and it's going to say guilty because God's judgment for everybody is equal. Several years ago, I hate to tell these stories, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Several years ago, I was with uh, Andrew Carlson. Many of you know Andrew. Andrew and I happened to be working in the same uh, staff at that time, and he was, uh, uh, you know, he was in many of the meetings that I had been in, and, and, uh, and we had gotten this, like, dress code policy some of you have probably read some of those. And I don't know, being the guy you know, that I am, I, I get into these rules, right? Like, I just have to obey the rules. If I just obey the rules, well, I can do this. I'll, I'll obey the rules like, like everybody else, and then I'll hold others to the rules that, that someone else is establishing. Let's keep the rules. Some of you know this person. Maybe you are this person. You know them because when you play games with them, uh, they're all about reading the rules on the box. And so I was all about the rules. And we were at a gathering later on that day, in fact, and, and uh, I don't know what came over me. But I felt like Andrew wasn't obeying the dress code. And so, honestly, rather smugly, I walked over to Andrew. Andrew, I don't know if you realize what the dress code is, but I think you need to obey it. And I walked away, quite frankly, rather righteous. I had kept the rules. Several days later, I was running. I happened to be running on campus that day. Now, some of you that know running, uh, sometimes you wear a short that's a little shorter than a basketball short. And I I had a set of compression shorts underneath my shorts and a singlet. I went out running. I don't know how far I went, but I was hot and sweaty when I got back. Gross. I walk in the office door, and the first person I see is Andrew Carlson. And Andrew looks at me, and he goes, Nice little shorts, Mike. And I was like, yeah? And he goes, Don't you remember? Oh. And to my shame, God reminded me of the stench of my own sin. And I wonder if we're ready for God's measure. Paul is going to say, by the time he ends chapter 3, in chapter 3, verse 9, he says this, What can we conclude? What can we conclude? Are any of us, any of us Christians, any of us who are connected to God, any of us, are we any better Are we any better than the disconnected? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles are alike under sin. I told you that Paul was going to bring us together in a really bizarre, kind of strange sort of way. But every person in this room, we have been brought together on a strange field and that is the field of sin. All of us have sinned in this room. And we are on the same side of the track and we're on the same side of the ledger and we're playing on the neutral field. And the field is sin. And so you and I have this nagging question, well, if we cannot save ourselves by doing great things or by being religious enough, then who can save us? And Paul's going to get there. And we get to begin to look At one who is righteous. Who will do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Who will make a declaration for us. You get to be righteous with me. So when we play on this field together, what should it bring us? When we are on this, this ledger of sin together, where should it impact our life? we should soak in sin before we can lather with grace. We should soak in sin before we can lather with grace. Here's what this means. It means that we have a deep grip on our own sin. That when we see that mom that seems to be doing something wrong, We don't hold our measure up against her and say, you are dumb. You're doing this wrong. It means that God drives us because of the recognition of our own sin to be compassionate. And we show mercy. And we walk over and we offer to help. It means even that when we're on the race line competing in athletics, that, that when we recognize someone else is doing something they probably shouldn't do, we can walk over and we can say, You know, I remember a day when I had the same trouble you do. But here's what's helped me. It means, guys, that we're, when we're at work and we want to measure one another up, and we want to we say that I'm better than you are. That, that we recognize our own sinfulness and the measure that God has in store for me. And we say, you know what? Let me help. Let me extend my hand of mercy. It means that we're, when we're in this room, It means that we look with look on one another with mercy and compassion because we recognize our own sin. The very end of chapter, uh, very end of this section in chapter three, verse twenty says this: No one will be declared righteous. No one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law, not by doing the right things, not by obeying all the rules. Rather, through the law, we will become conscious of sin. You know why God gave us this this morning? So that we can soak in our sin, so that we can be ready to lather in grace. He gave this as a mirror to us to go, hey, why don't you look real close? Why don't you look real close? Have you ever looked real close in a mirror? And you go, oh, there's some imperfections there. So can your sin be ready to lather in God's grace. Let's pray. God, you're good to us. Thanks for your goodness. I pray, Father God, that uh, we can hear this message. I pray, Father God, that we'll not try and fudge, that you, you are measuring us equally. Lord, I pray that uh, we would feel this deeply and our lives would change in how we treat others. We love you. Continue to help us on this journey. Together, help us to be better. In Jesus' name, amen.